Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Joe. I'm I'm Mark. <laughs> Mark's here with us today. Glad Mark to be here. Mark's here because we like him. But he's also here because he gave us the cigar we have. Well, and it also is convenient for him to be here because then our only listener doesn't have to actually download and listen to the podcast. I here. still will. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it probably the entire podcast, one out of every four we do, just to just to say, oh, we could we could do that better. We we could sound better. You know, it's like I'm never going to be Ben Shapiro. You know, I'm never going to be as sh- as as clever as Andrew Clavin. But I just I think, yeah, that could be a little better. You know, <laughs> but well, never yeah. be as suave as Joe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway, <laughs> well, like, okay, I think I could be better than Gutfeld. I think I could be, I could be better than meat sauce. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Meat sauce? Anyway. You know meat sauce. Yes, I do. This is a shout-out to our, mini, our Minnesota people. Meat sauce is on the radio and uh, on KFAN. Yeah. Right? 100, yeah. 100.3. It's a sports channel in Minneapolis. Yeah. Anyway. Well, well it's, it's funny to me. It feels Can a little more... Him? It feels a little less like a podcast. Yes. Because we're outside. It's we're nice. not in the garage. It's a beautiful day. Spring's here. And it's a Friday. It's a Friday, Friday evening. Mark's here and we're just relaxed. I've, I've already bathed so I don't smell like pigs. So we appreciate you listening, but uh, I, I need to say what this cigar is. And, and yeah. it's, it's, it's personal to me. Um, I love cigars. Y'all know that. So on my list of cigars I wanted to try someday, I had a list of authentic Cubans. And the one at the top of the list was the Oya de Monterey Epicure Number no. 2. Never smoked it. Never smoked any authentic Cubans. Just read about them online. And this one happened to be the one that looked the best to me. Lo and behold, my friend Mark goes to Rome. Correct. Comes back and says, hey, here's a couple cigars for you guys to smoke on your podcast. So I was really excited that he just happened to guess the one that was at the top of my list. You might say it was Providence. Yes, Providence. Well, it was actually the salesman who said... You're gonna like this. I said, okay, thank you very much. So, and then I smoked it and I went, these guys would like it. And I went back and I got more. Nice. (laughs) Well, thanks for thinking of us. You bet. You bet. So, Oya de Monterey, Epicure number two. Is, if there is a quintessential Cuban, the Oya de Monterey Epicure number two probably holds that title. The Epicure number two shows us the difference between subtle and mild. It is a case study in how a cigar can deliver layers of flavor while preserving delicacy and sophistication. <laughs> Somebody writes really I, good. I feel smarter already. Somebody <laughs> writes really good script for this cigar. <laughs> Completely handmade, the tobacco um, uh, hails from the Vuelta Abajo area, which is apparently somewhere in Cuba. Uh, with smooth strength, it has an intense tobacco taste. And we'll save the... F- taste what we're supposed to taste till the end and we'll tell you what we're supposed to taste so um any beginning thoughts right off the bat i got a nice pepper uh spicy pepper burn a little bit uh in the back of the throat and even a little on the on the in my mouth kind of sporadically uh that was the first thing i noticed but also um sort of a sort of a uh let me puff it a minute so i can remember Jury's out. What do, what do you get? What do you get? Okay, so I'm going to echo the spice for sure. It seems to be just a tad different 
Um, and by spice, I don't mean baking spice. I mean like a picante yeah, yeah. spice. But it's in the back of my throat. But it's almost like I'm tasting like white or black pepper. But the spice is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hitting my throat different. It's not on necessarily on my lips, but it's further back in my throat. Yeah. But the cigar itself is just interestingly savory. It's just as at the start, my first puff, and even now, it seems more savory than sweet. But we're just starting it. Mm-hmm. We'll give it some time. We didn't give it the five minutes before we started recording like we normally do. Um, but it's interesting. There's a, a smokiness in the background. Which is intriguing, like like a barbecue smokiness, mm-hmm. maybe. So yeah, I think I get the white pepper for sure, and there is a sweetness there, but it is it is savory. Is the dominant, I think. Right now, anyway, yeah. we'll see what happens. So a little bit shorter than the ones you've been smoking lately. What's the uh, what's the classification? I believe it's a I believe it's a robusto. Um, I didn't look up. I didn't measure the ring gauge or anything. But it, I would say it's a it's a standard robusto. It could be a Toro. They're both really close. I don't remember. One's a hair bigger than the other. I can't remember which is which. Um, those two sizes are generally less expensive because they're really they they make a lot of cigars in those sizes. Not my favorite size, but can but. feel. It seems like a strong cigar. It feels strong. It doesn't necessarily... I mean it... <clears throat> sorry, I said that backwards. It doesn't feel in my body strong. It tastes yeah. in my head and mouth strong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, all right, so... And what do you, and what do you have, Mark? Because you have oh, yeah, time. you got oh, something, too. You, something should, you should tell everybody. I've got a, a, an aging room. I don't know. You probably know more about this than I do, but it's one that Doug recommended when we went out on one of our cigar... Trips and uh, adventures. Yeah, adventures, and it's a box press, correct? Yeah, which always makes it look fancier. It does, and I've never had a box press, and I actually kind of like it. it. It's it's nice in in the mouth. It feels good in the mouth. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I think it's called for the listeners. I believe it's called a quattro. A quattro. Okay. Yeah, and and sometimes they put some other numbers on it, but I think the quattros are the same, like a three five six or something might be the number on. But but it's. Uh, that is correct. The Quattro. You're okay, good. all right. And then it says F55. Okay, that's the F55. That there actually has to do, I think, with shape more than oh, it okay. does flavor or anything. Yeah. The Quattro is the blend. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's one I keep in my humidor a lot. I recommend it, Mark, buy that. Yep. So if he doesn't like it, it's my fault. <laughs> no, this, one, this one's good. This one's good. Yep. So, so far, Absolutely. so good. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. So what's going on in the world? What's <clears throat> What's up there? I don't know. Kind of breaking news that happened yesterday. So it was... Thursday, what is it, uh, April 4th, I know I went to bed and... 4-4? 4-4, and uh, I just saw a, a weird tweet by somebody, and it didn't really pinpoint anything in particular, so I clicked on it, and you read the comments, and it was about Julian Assange, and I went, uh-oh, so then I went on to news, and sure enough, uh, the UK has made a deal with Ecuador on essentially Ecuador... Uh, getting him out, yeah, booting him out of uh, of uh, the uh, embassy, which he's been at since 2012. So he's been there for almost seven years. Now remind me who he is, because I he's the is it the founder of WikiLeaks? Yeah, he's WikiLeaks. Okay, he's, yeah, he's WikiLeaks. What do you think? Okay, this we haven't really talked too much about WikiLeaks. We have gone, we've kind of ran circles around the a little bit of the internet atmosphere, but. What, what do you guys? What's your guys' take on WikiLeaks? Because I, it, in my mind, WikiLeaks was an ally in the 2016 election, mm-hmm. and I think that 
I think that maybe, like, at least in the way I think, and you guys, I want to hear your, your take on it, but I kind of think that the president should do something to help his situation. But at the same time, I also understand he's done some things that have kind of, like, I mean, they've been illegal. They've, I mean, he's disclosed things that weren't supposed to be disclosed, and he's, I don't know, he's meddled in, in meddled with powerful people, so you can't expect everybody to just let him off scot-free. Right. But, well, I mean, what do you guys, what's your take? Well, um, my my baseline is always if you broke the you know if you broke the law you got to pay regardless of if I like what you did because in general I I support the law and so I don't think we need to break the law to you know whatever mm-hmm. take out another politician I don't like or something. Now, however, the caveat to that is, what do you do when the deep state gets so deep? <laughs> that, yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> it's like... Because the thing that he exposed, wasn't it war crimes or something? Oh, he's exposed all kinds of really, really, really terrible right. stuff. So, the people that did those yeah. things, are, are they being prosecuted right now? <clears throat> Not to my knowledge. Oh, okay, so they can get off, but, you know, I mean, where do we go here? Doesn't Chelsea Manning... I mean, there are have, there are there are laws I believe that protect whistleblowers. Right. You know, so I mean, if you disclose something that it's illegal to disclose, that is a protected act, whether or not it's against the law. It's. I mean, if you're if you're this if you're lighting up a dark secret. Hmm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I like I, I don't know the I don't know why uh, the EU wants him. Why do they want him? Uh, not not necessarily the EU, but oh, but UK, UK because he's in the United Kingdom in the Ecuadorian why, why embassy. Why do they want him? What is what did what's his crime? That they're gonna... He's supposedly so Sweden has has a, um, a charge against him for some sexual charge, sexual yeah. assault, or sexual okay. something or other. But the bigger thing is the United States, and I don't know why the UK is involved in it, unless if he's just there. Because huh. you've got an Australian citizen staying in a South American right. country's they would embassy, embassy they gave in the, the United yeah. Kingdom, mm-hmm. and you got Sweden and the United States both wanting wanting wow. him, quote unquote, uh, for charges. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Be real curious. It might be the best thing that happened to him to like actually get arrested and have to go to trial because. Yep. Get her over with. Then at least we get discovery. We get to put all that stuff out into the open and see. And I would say this. Would you rather be stuck up in an embassy for the rest of your life or take your chances with a president like Trump? Right. You yeah. yeah, yeah mean, now now would be the time. got a chance. Yeah, now would be the time. <laughs> this, is, this is the <laughs> right. time. You're not yeah. going to get a better one that's maybe going to see well, your side of it. Maybe. And he can't even be pardoned until he's convicted. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, anyway... So best to get it done now. We're, and we're a little bit ignorant talking about this because I don't know the I, I don't I don't know yeah. the ins and the outs, yeah. but I do know that, or I, at least I think it's my opinion that WikiLeaks helped Trump more than he helped others. Yeah, maybe just because he's cleaner though. Yeah, <laughs> well, that could be. Well, yeah, uh, and WikiLeaks didn't WikiLeaks didn't necessarily do anything illegal. I don't know about that. Well. It, and here, here's a question, and we're not lawyers, but does anybody know if confidential information is leaked to me, 
I mean, I wouldn't necessarily even know it's confidential. And I run a newspaper and I print it. Uh-huh. I'm not in trouble, right? All I did was report the information. The person that leaked it to me is the one that's in trouble. Right, right. right. That's what I thought. Yeah. If you didn't know that it was classified, yeah. Even if I know it's classified, I think if you know it's classified, there might be some, really? some things. But okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Anybody out there? Any any really smart lawyer out in D.C. listening to our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> we need to know that. that actually yeah, is do. something that, yeah. that a person should know. I mean, if you yeah. come across some kind of information. Yeah. So. So. Cool. That's that. Well. So. I hope I can say this word. It's a little bit of a crass word. I think, but I think Zuckerberg is being a pussy. <laughs> okay, explain. Yeah. Explain your uh, your assertion here. Yeah. So he basically said, you "We know, do have to put an explicit label on this." Now. May, maybe we do. No, I don't. Know. No, I don't. I think that falls under the the animal animal language. So it's <laughs> okay. Cat. He's a kitty cat. Yeah. Um, he he basically said re- really really recently. If you guys didn't hear it in the news, basically said, you know what? I'm not sure that as a large worldwide organization, we have what it takes to to censor stuff that's on our platform. So, United States government, you need to do it. Whoa, boo! Whoa. <laughs> no, I don't know Whoa. if that's being uh, what you said. I think that he's making a political move there. He's, I know he's he going is. for worldwide internet censorship. I know he is. You know, he's going to be the one. What's that's going to do is, is he's going to be the only one that can play ball, and that's going to hurt everybody see, else. Well, and we've been. I mean, we've been talking probably not on the podcast, but we've been having some discussions about um, after listening to uh, the virtual organism episodes off oh, the yeah. Red Pilled America podcast, which I'll just plug that all day long on the show because that was good. that's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. But um, <clears throat> they build such a good case about the, I mean, I'm just going to put it in my terms, but I, I mean that Google and Facebook and some others are basically governments, that they have basically more power than governments because of the, um, of the, the power that they have with information flow. And so basically, if you take a corporation like Facebook, and if you were to somehow nationalize that or to put it underneath the government, you basically are, are giving that government worldwide mm-hmm. power. Yep. And that's the... Whew, I think that's what's going on here more than him actually being concerned about censorship. Because he can censor oh, yeah. whatever he wants to. Right, right. I don't... I don't I, that's just what, basically mm-hmm. what he said. I mean, and what I heard was like, was like a quote. It was him talking. He's been he's been kind of in bed with that whole like globalist type of thing since the beginning. So, well, yeah. I think it's been maybe a year ago. He was saying kind of the opposite. He was saying, "Yeah, we'll take that responsibility." And now he's just like, "Nah, nah." I, now I really think some people, probably people in his company, said, "You know what? It's better for the company. It's better for our bottom line. It's better for our world domination or whatever if we throw it back to the U.S. government." I just hope. I just hope the Congress, the U.S. I just hope they're smart enough to say, uh-uh. If you're a platform, you're a platform. Mm-hmm. If you're a publisher, yep. you're a publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they've they've got to be... I And I think that they will be held to account, but it's going to be... Every law school in the world is going to have their ears mm-hmm. turned to this yep. debate. Because it, what we're seeing happen now in that arena is, is a... 
it's a revolutionary time. For sure. I was yeah. just talking, but if, if maybe I could use this to kind of segue to a similar thing. I was talking to a guy um, this weekend at a church function who um, I had known about for a while, but just finally got to meet him face to face. He's working for, um, I think he was working with the family leader for a while here in Iowa, but now he's working for a Canadian company that is basically making, um, they're doing online, um, sort of an online anonymous evangelism and they're pointing that at um, persecuted places. So like, you know, they're, they're basically, say there's a guy in Istanbul or in some like, no, let's say Afghanistan, okay? So he's got the internet, he's on the internet, and he and he's, wants to convert to Christianity but can't do so like publicly, otherwise he'll be killed. So they're basically creating a platform that people can get on anonymously and be discipled, kind of in secret, in places, wow. in places where they would have, you know, major oppression. Now, I, and we, I discussed this with him, the fact that, well, I mean, sooner or later you have to kind of carry your cross and stand and be counted for your faith. Mm -hmm. And that, and we, that was a granted thing, but like, so I asked him the question, I said, so are you guys then involved advocating a free and unhindered internet? And he said, you know, I didn't, I've never even thought about that, but that is critical. He, he hadn't yeah, even yeah. thought about it. Like, because he's working already across international lines with working for this Canadian company. And the fact, like, the whole idea of if they were to somehow censor the internet, the first ones to go, it's in my opinion, would be like the Christian, mm. the evangelical, like, evangelistic Christians would be the first ones that they would try to shut down. And, and, uh, so we, it sparked a debate, you know. It's. I think that we are at, at the at a point where, if we can maintain a free and unhindered flow of information, we can we can graduate to new levels as humans. I think. But if we stop, if that somehow stopped, and I think yeah. that the gatekeepers desperately want it to stop, obviously, because they're losing well, their they're losing their keys. You know, it, this. I think this is kind of the. This is what always, always happens, but it might be different when. There's a jump in something, a jump in technology. Yeah. You know, we do the printing press, yep. we do the internet, whatever, whatever it is. You know, we get we get mail. That's a big jump from surf. the printing press right, to the right. internet. Is a right. big jump. Well, but printing press, then we get like yeah. similar. Though. You know, yeah. we get no, no, mail, we get mail, we get yeah. faster delivery of stuff. Telephones. We get, yeah, telephones. And as those progress, we're like, ooh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It. And I wonder if everybody, like when the phones came out, did they think, oh, this is it. This is the ultimate. Yeah. It's like, we kind of feel like, I mean, what else can you go to after everybody having the entire world in their hand? Yep. Is there anything beyond that? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. In there my, is. <laughs> going they're, straight to my brain? Yes. They're, talk, okay. they're already talking yeah. about interfaces. They've already, they've already mapped how they're going to uh. do that. So, yeah. That's where it gets scary. Scary, scary to me. But that's... That's another issue, but it, it plays in. It is. I don't know if I want to segue away from this. We can we can come we can go wherever we want. Where are we at? We're we're time for an update and then then I want to talk a little bit about tribes. Mm. And if I go too far off on a tangent, you wanna come back to this Facebook thing, <laughs> we can. But but this is I'm like I'm I always it's I hope it's okay, I always talk first. Um, I talk first if I'm really interested. Now, I can't say this is, like, my favorite cigar ever, but I'm intrigued. Like, it's deep, it's deeply savory, and I'm, I am getting a hint, <clears throat> a hint of sweet, but if you get a, a well-spiced steak, 
that might have a hint of something sweet in it. That's that's mm-hmm. it's just barely mm-hmm. any sweet because it's mostly it's it's tasting to me like like a steak, like a grilled steak, and I don't mean exactly, but those are the flavors I'm getting because it's it's dark, it's deep, it's savory with just a hint of sweet. Not at all not at all baking spice, which everybody knows baking spice is what I love, but it's just mm-hmm. it's intriguing because yeah. it's so savory. And I'm not in fact, the taste is so like my brain is just going crazy on the taste. I'm not even considering how how smooth it is or whatever. I'm just all thinking taste because it's got my brain going. But it's um there is some oil. I've got a little bit of a wonky burn, but I think it was my fault. I didn't light it very well, so I'm going to take credit for the wonky burn. Um but man, um yeah, like grilling like grilling a steak. Like even a, a hint of the same thing I said before, the smokiness. Maybe, I don't know if I'm saying salty or if my brain's tricking me. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, salty. Oh, okay. It's not salty, but it feels like salty yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So. I was, I'm surprised, too, because we've smoked a lot of, okay, so we, we've smoked, you know, Nicaraguans, Ecuadorians, and Dominicans, and on and on and on. But this is the first Cuban. And I did have a Cuban cigar one time in Africa, but that one almost doesn't count because I wasn't <coughs> really into cigars. I wasn't didn't know what I was doing and I think it was too dry and all this stuff so anyway it's interesting how otherworldly it is like how completely separate and how distinct it is I'm surprised by that I'm really blown away by how, how distinct it is hmm. like I can say it feels like some of the Nicaraguans that we've smoked that I that I said were dirty tasting but it doesn't have the dirty taste yeah so it's got like the good but not the but not the bad and it mm. It's just interesting. I'm gonna. And um, have you done a retro hail? I haven't no. done much. No. I, I, I'm, you talk and I'll do. Since it, it was since it was uh, peppery in the back of my throat, I was a little worried it was gonna fry my nose. It's so pretty. I, it's pretty hot. Is it okay? Okay, we'll have to. I'll have to give that a try too. And but it does light, it does brighten everything up okay. a little bit. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's. Uh, that's our update. Um, interesting. Mark, so, any so comments far. on your? Oh no, mine, mine's wonderful. On your aging room. Mine, mine's good. The, I, I was going to ask you this because my ash fell off about seven minutes into it, and I wondered, box press, do they fall off faster? I wonder. Um, one side of you've actually got kind of a rectangle box press. Yeah. So it means like one way it would be a little bit more likely to fall off because the you know the rectangle would hold not but hold I on one way. maybe that seemed, had seemed, half inch to three yeah. quarters of an inch and it just fell I wasn't moving or yeah. anything but it seems a bit early but yeah. I don't remember bit. if when I smoked them they held on a long time yeah. I didn't actually smoke box presses either when I smoked them okay. so <clears throat> but um yeah but generally I think you're going to get because it's whole leaf because it's all of its whole leaf's inside usually the you're getting at least an inch ash if not longer okay. I mean we've had two and a half inch ashes yeah, on a couple yeah. sometimes we oh, it's funny though because I, I mean I wish we were in video because sometimes I think we're so careful and we <laughs> you know, hold it it depends yeah. on the conversation because if we get to moving around and, uh, <laughs> talking with our hands and just, boop, the ash goes uh, so and I, I remember once when I did with my friend Dan and his pickup it's like I had to tip oh, the yeah, ash off yep. so it's like I couldn't I couldn't just drop it because he has a way nicer pickup than I have house. <laughs> so anyway. It kind of bites us in the butt sometimes because we smoke in the garage and we don't care if the, if the yeah. ash falls off. So if we go up to David's or something and we're sitting there yeah. and boof, falls off. We need to just knock it off and act a little classy. But <laughs> falls right in the leather seat. Grease monkeys here. <laughs> anyway, so, well, the Oya is turning out to be an interesting cigar. Yeah. 
might so, have to go to, I might have to go somewhere out of the country just to bring back a box. Huh? Maybe Canada. Let's go to Canada. Any of the Caribbean islands. You're good to go. I think it's pronounced Canadia. Canadia. Okay. <laughs> and just so the podcasters know, it is legal to bring back Cuban cigars. That's right. We're not a break. Um, up to three boxes a month, or, or three. Yeah. So there is still some restrictions. There is. They they can't sell them. In the United States, you can bring them back. You can give them out as gifts. You cannot resell them, though, in the United States. So that's the restrictions. Mm. What we're doing is perfectly legal. So it probably would be good for me to say this, too. Um, just so people know, don't get confused. There actually are two Oya de Monterey companies. Oh. And one is Cuban-based. One is, uh, I was going to say American-based, but that's wrong. They sell in America by don't know that they're based in America. I forgot my, what I read. But they're not based in Cuba. So the non-Cuban cigars are, are sold through the one and the the others are sold. Okay. The, well, because the Oya de Monterey in Cuba is owned technically by the government. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so okay. in as much as, you know, they're owned by the government. They're owned yeah. by the government. So, um, anyway, so back to this Facebook thing, and this might be getting too deep, and call me out on it if it is, but like, so, so, as we get, you know, what, however long we've had the internet, and with Facebook and all these other things, I, I've said this years ago, that, when did Al Gore invent it? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, that was a cheap shot. Go ahead. Probably about the time he decided the world was going to end, right? Anyway, um, but, <laughs> people are becoming more tribal and more more electronically tribal and less face-to-face social. Mm-hmm. So some things are happening where, in one sense, less human, but more tribal. And so this is the process that's going through my brain. As this starts to happen, it seems, there's a negative to that. Obviously, I think being face-to-face and social is better. You're, I'm, I'm less likely to think you're an idiot and a jerk and just completely my enemy if we're face-to-face. But online, you could just disagree with me and you could be my enemy. So that, And I think that's across the board happens with humans. But I think we're at a fundamentally interesting place because if everyone's categorized in their little tribes online, it would seem like if we could find foundational principles that some of those tribes would stand on, you would basically have a, could you say a, a republic of various tribes, yeah, of various tribes. Facebook could have this, the republic, the, you know, the, the united Facebook republic, you know, or the united, you know, the united universalists Facebook republic. Mm-hmm. And they could have governing things and things they do. They could, you know, when they got a mil- however many million of people in America, they could politically then do things within a country that they wanted to do. Now, I was thinking on the positive side that they could actually unify on foundation, found foundational principles, but also they could go completely negative, and they'd already be in every country in the world. Yeah. I think that already, I mean, that, that's already, that's happened. I mean, mm. um, Jack Spierko uh, of the Survival Podcast mm-hmm. has been talking about virtual nations for a long time. Probably, probably at least three years. And I don't know, I don't know exactly when he started or what he's even saying now about it. But 
really, what, that is exactly what we have. So, in the past, okay, this because this is a fascinating conversation, unprecedented. In the past, you had we are, we are unprecedented. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're living in unprecedented days. <laughs> so, in the past, you had like let's just let's just say st- city states because that's pretty easy to understand. Yeah. So we have like two city states that are that are in proximation with each other. They they're close by. So city state A and city state B. And when you wanted to exert power or force against the uh, A wanted to exert force against B, say that they B city state B had some fields that were very fertile that city state A wanted. And city state A was very strong militarily. City state B had these awesome fields, but they were all farmers and they really couldn't defend themselves. So city state A would get their armies together by force, go and take over city state B. Now you have the empire of city state A. Okay? Now there needed to be, in order for that takeover to happen, uh, an overt seizing of, of city-state B's assets, of their, of their property. And now it seems like what we have is we have people living in sort of like peace. City-state A and city-state B are living in sort of relative peace. And, and there's like an, there's like a, an overlay, though. It's, like, it's almost like kingdoms are at war overlaid it's not physical geographical anymore it's it's on another level it's an informational hmm. takeover where if i can go if i can have access into the, all of the homes of city state b without actually going there and i can direct their behavior and i can give them limited options and i can tell them what to do and how to think and how to be and how to buy and how to sell without even going and taking their stuff then i don't have to risk my resources i can just take them over <coughs> Like from within. Now these are old ideas because propaganda and stuff's been around for a long time. But really, we are living in an age where you can be a citizen of more than one nation at a time, whether we call it that or not. Mm-hmm. We don't call it that, but we are. Mm-hmm. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. I'm also a citizen of Facebook. Mm-hmm. I I I do business and I operate and I I'm a mm-hmm. part of that system. And it's it's <sighs> okay. I'll pitch it to you guys. (laughs) It's an interesting time because we've never had this kind of access. Another nation has access. I mean, I'm going to call it a nation because I think it is. I've got thoughts. Do you have anything, Vernon, you want to say? No, I had things in my head, but it was funny and and going off topic a little bit. (laughs) Is there the possibility, and I think this would be right off the top of my head, I think it's negative, but is there ever the possibility that a government would consider information commerce. Is there, is there in the United States anyway, is there any constitutional restriction to that happening? Could they hmm. say, oh, information, is it's commerce. You're delivering information, you're, you're doing this, so we have to regulate the commerce. Um, that is, that's, that's already regulated, I would think, under intellectual property, copyrights, uh, patents. Yeah, but information... What I say, <coughs> I mean, I guess what we say on the podcast is kind of our information. So maybe it, maybe it's ours, and someone else can't take it, sell it, and make money off of it without us getting a cut. But but I wonder if just the idea of putting the of us putting the information out there, then it somehow becomes commerce. And and and, and again, regulation always bothers me. But if we go from the principle of regulate means to make regular, right. and 
they go from that approach, it could be a good thing. We're just going to make the flow of information yeah, unimpinged, un un unencumbered, unhindered, whatever the word I'm looking for. So, I don't know, that's... I, you know, I think that that question is a valid one, and I think that's what we're wrestling with right now is... And, I mean, I guess when something has value placed on it and is bought and sold, then it becomes commerce, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we have that happening. We have companies that mine data, data, right, data. Uh, they mine data from my life and yours, and then they sell that data, and and they sell it to, to people who want to market products to us or who want to know about us or who are willing to pay for the information that we're producing. I, and I think that that is at the heart kind of what we're talking about, but it's going to be something that a lot of people, I think, just aren't even going to understand. Hmm. Yeah. Am I, am I out of bounds if I say that? But it's, but wait, most I people don't, just don't even think about the information that they're creating on a daily, day, I, on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Yeah. We're getting... Wow. We're getting really... Uh, almost... It's not cons It's not conspiracy, because everything... It's, it's philosophical. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, is there anything closer to home, <laughs> political, that might be easier to talk about? Not that this is too hard, I'm like, but it's... <laughs> We're, we're not going to solve any problems. We're not going to solve any of that. Yeah. But uh, I was uh, <clears throat> talking to. It, do you want to go Trump? Sure. Okay. I was Maybe. talking to Joe a little earlier when you were inside, and um, uh, he put out a tweet today because we're having issues with Mexico again. And oh yeah, I want to talk about them. That. Well, there you go. Do you want to yeah, yeah. segue in then? Well, you know, I'm a big free trade guy, but I uh -huh. understand the value of tariffs and I heard and all I, I don't know if he did it yet but I've heard that he's going to hammer Mexico Mexican cars or something because they won't that's, take care of the problem with the borders that, that's what I told Joe so okay. so I think what I read was the Mexican president was going to start taking care of these migrants coming up from their border and sending them back and Trump tweeted <laughs> out this morning he's doing that if he doesn't do it, he's going to slap a 25% tariff on all cars made in Mexico. And if that still doesn't work, then he's going to close the border If if, if within a year. He's given him a year's time. Gosh. So I that was a little... Like a long time, but... It does seem like a long time, but it's been going on for how long? But, uh, yeah, I was kind of hesitant about that whole tariff thing. I'm not... Man, that's a big... Wow. You're, you're nailing China, one of your biggest trade... Or your biggest trade... And Mexico is probably second biggest. We get a lot of stuff from Mexico, you know? Yeah, and so. you know, there's there's another thing. And I we've mentioned this before on a podcast, and it's not my idea, so I, I have to admit that it's not my idea. But but anyone who is really, they're compassionate. And they, they say, oh, you know, we can't, we can't keep these people out. You know, it's just wrong to do that. Then I want to, I would lobby the government to make it easy for a bus to pick people up on the Mexican side and we would make it easy for that bus to go all the way through the United States up to Canada <laughs> <laughs> drop, them at, drop them at the Canadian border and say 
you know, here you go. What's that doofus's name up there that runs things? Trudeau. 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 Yep. Here you go. Yep. You know, here you're you you're open and Trudeau. loving. Here you go. Here's yeah. the first. Here's the first thousand. We got another thousand coming next week. Another thousand coming. Greyhounds helping us. Yeah. You know, we're we got some more coming. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, that's my that's my Trump talk for the day. Well, and he's at the border now. He's in Can uh, uh, Canada. He's in California at the border, checking out the wall. You know, <clears throat> I don't agree with the tariff thing. It doesn't work. I thought maybe it might. I don't think it works. Um, but I also know enough about our situation right now. Is if he says he gave him a year, it's then it doesn't matter because. Nobody's even going to remember he said that in a year. That's true. Yeah. They're going to criticize him now. And in one year from now, what is it? We're getting real close to that primaries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all that a... stuff. And it'll come up then. And we, I mean, I guess when I hear something like that, he, he talks enough. I like the president, but he, he jabbers enough that you can kind of dismiss sometimes when he says things like that. If you talk enough, you're gonna say something stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, I wonder if this was an off-the-cuff thing or if it yeah. was. A... Yeah. yeah. It. I. I don't know. Okay, so if he wanted to put pressure on the president of Mexico, wanted to really put pressure on the government to take care of it, what could he do if he didn't do it? That was my next question. Yeah. What would you do? I, and I well, don't know. His, yeah. his his last his not worst case scenario, but his final draw is we're closing the border. So now all of a sudden, nothing, you know, nobody's Yeah, but I don't think you should give him a year. I, yeah, I think you should say, we're closing in three months. Get your act together. I don't know. Well, and the thing is, though, I'm not sure that closing the border would, would I be... I think a, that would just piss off a lot of Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, it would. Because that means no flights either, right? I mean, that's a border. If you take yeah, a plane I'm, flight, there's a border. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. But I don't think it would take long for them to feel the pressure... And I, I don't know. I'm and the political thing. When when he says it pisses off Americans, I say I don't care. But if I was a politician, I would have to care. <laughs> yeah. It's like you yeah. know, I because like I heard some other podcast hosts say, you know, we just have to talk about the, the principles. We don't actually have to deal with it right. politically, right. and you know, lo lose. Yeah. If, and I don't. And I don't go to Cabo San Lucas every year, mm -hmm. so I don't care. The thing is, like, also there's there's a I think that there's a an economic reality <clears throat> that if you cut off Mexico's money. Then their ability, which is already hanging by a thread, mm -hmm. to actually do the work. Yeah. Because if you can't pay your troops, if you can't pay your police, yeah. you're not going to stop anybody. In mm -hmm. fact, that's just going to empower the cartels who really have the power anyway. What he yep. needs to do, in my opinion, is play chess and somehow empower <coughs> the Mexican president in a way where he has the resources and the capability to stop the migrants. I mean... How, how? That's the big question. Without just throwing money away or throwing well, our resources away. Well, here, here's my answer to a lot of things. Um, and you've heard me say this, Joe, because you've been on the podcast with me for a couple of years since we've been doing this. We, we forget sometimes that people can just, they can do what they want without the government. So if you really want to help Mexican people, go 200 miles into Mexico. Yeah. Set up your nonprofit, your NGO or whatever they're called, and, you know, fun, raise your funds in America. Send it down there and do something to help people. Um, yeah. Just go do it. But they don't want to. What they want is to, it, it appears that people on the left want to get voters in mm -hmm. to vote on their side. So if you could, I don't know if you have to lock the border, but if you could secure the border, even if you don't close it down, secure it. Um, 
that would help. Mm. Cigar don't go out. Yeah, mine was trying to go out too. Why are we talking and not smoking enough? You know, in that, in that, in that, <laughs> in that way, the wall makes a lot of sense. You know, and I, I also read an article that there's been no new boundaries erected at all since all this talk. Yeah. Hmm. And and uh, it makes you wonder, you know, what's what what? Because a wall really does solve the problem, doesn't it? it a majority of it, a big part of it, it solves the problem. Yeah. I think it does. And, and again, the people that say, "Oh, well, we don't," you know, we want to help these people. Great, go cross the wall. <laughs> you know, whether right. it's two hundred miles or whether it's fifty miles, you go in there and. Start your organization and help them. Yeah. I mean, even to the point of if you want them to become American citizens, figure out how to Sponsor do it. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have loads of friends that are native Mexicans. I had a friend that actually got lost his. Well, I mentioned this before. He was making like the equivalent of two bucks an hour working at Wang's when Kenny was there running the Chinese restaurant. <clears throat> he got to live for free, but was making in a crappy apartment. He was making like two bucks an hour under the table. I quit eating there because I found out that Kenny wasn't giving him his tips. He only got, you know, just a Wow. Pick. Yeah. So, yeah. But then Kenny got stuck in China. Either he left or he, I think he legitimately got stuck. He went back to China for a visit and his family got, Whoops. Did, didn't get to come back. Wow. And then Antonio's like, have you seen Kenny? I don't know. I can't find him. I need my. I need work. It's like, do you know anybody that has a job? It's like, I, I don't. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Hmm. You know, and and he's calling me on some really crappy track phone. You know, trying yeah, to sure. trying to talk to me, and uh, yeah. and his Spanish, his English is worse than my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> we could usually get by okay. You know, yep. yep. Spanglish will get you a long ways if yes, you both speak a little. Yes, it will. Yep. Spanglish. Well, That's true, it, it, and it is unfortunate that we have such a tangled up, complicated government that just makes everything hard to do. It would be way easier to help people, honestly. I mean, even like the $2 an hour thing. It would be easier to help people if I could pay people $2 an hour sometimes. Yeah. And, and I really believe that a person would be more fulfilled if I could give them a house and food and $2 yeah. an hour and work. Than if I pay taxes and then they get like twenty seven cents on the dollar of those taxes that I pay yeah. to just be idle at home and perpetuate a bunch of bad uh, what do you call it generational problems and well and the weird thing is government's he, in the way even though he was elite here illegally he was and he asked me a couple times how to get a green card and I was like I, I don't know I don't know how to I don't know how to do that and but he was like he was happy to work for that wage. And have the crappy apartment and was sending the majority of his... I mean, mm -hmm. they'd buy a six-pack of beer and he ate for free at the restaurant and you know, all the rest of the money he'd send back to his family. I can't remember how many kids he had. Hmm. Yeah. But... Okay, we got an update. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the cigar. Yeah. Um, mine just like three minutes ago really settled in, got smoother... Um, that it's been so recent, I'm not sure if the taste has changed, but I just noticed it just smoothed out. It's deep, dark, and still really savory. Um, it's maybe a little less spicy. Yep. And I was trying to tell, I'm drinking plenty of water, am I like, am I feeling weird? I'm not feeling weird. I haven't stood up and tried to dance, I might fall over if I did. <laughs> but, um, 
I don't know if this is supposed to be one of the best Cubans to try. I would think it wouldn't knock me over, or it wouldn't be right. considered that good. And also, yeah. even by the saying, you know, it's the difference between subtle and mild. So it's not mild, but it's subtle. I don't know if I'd call it subtle. I think it's pretty... There's a lot going on there. Yeah, I wouldn't call it subtle. And I wouldn't call it mild either. I'm, I'm no. kind of confused by that. Yeah. It, it is smoother, though, now that we're about a half. We all, we're both about... You're a little further than a half. Mine almost went out a couple times, so I might have been going a little yeah. too slow. I, I had to kind of relight one side of mine a little bit and kind of got it straight before it got wonky because it was starting to do something fun, funky. But we're back on track, and it has settled in. And I, Once in a while, I'll get surprised by a note, and I'm not sure what I'm tasting. But it's been... which It's kept it exciting, but it has kind of just smoothed out and settled down. There's a little bit of a... A little sweeter, maybe, even, too. Aromatic thing going on up in my up in my nose. Not when I, not from a retrohale, just as it's in my mouth. So that's a little bit of a change. Um, and I did want to say the purge is interesting. Early on, the purge was a little bit bitter and uh, metallic, but it's gotten better when I when I purge through my lips now. It's it's um, it's more going with the base flavors. Mm -hmm. And it's just yeah. I'm thinking, man, if I'm grilling a steak. Yeah. With a not very sweet, bar not a sweet barbecue, just a normal, mostly savory. Mm, this is like, in fact, the only cigar that's been close to this has been a cigar that was made with Latakia pipe tobacco. And Latakia pipe tobacco is a smoked tobacco. And mm. so it tastes very barbecue-y. It's, it's really in your face and they're interesting to, to smoke. I actually like the pipe tobacco better than I like the cigar that had the pipe tobacco in it. But, um, <clears throat> but... You know, this is just just cigar leaf, and it's interesting. Um, I think I am feeling some nicotine, though. Are you? I think, it, yeah. Nico, I used to know what it was called. Nico, Nicotasia tobaccum or something, or is the <laughs> genison species. I used to know what it was. I don't. I don't know what it is now. Oh, because yeah. you can buy you can buy the oil, the, like oh, the extracted really? oh, oil from from, yeah. from tobacco. It's super expensive. Yeah. Like eighty-five dollars for a little bottle for like vaping or something or oh you don't know okay I th you I suppose you could use it for whatever you want yeah yeah um, yeah I guess if you vaped you put would it your... put it on your whole uh, make up your own you know nicoderm patches yeah, or something there you go. for yourself <laughs> yeah put a little drop in huh. my coffee every morning yeah, and... yeah. There we go. Oh, <laughs> so, I gotta I can I do a cigar update on yeah, mine yeah, yeah. sure sure mine's been great. My wrapper has completely quit burning, but it's still smoking. It's like it's going on the inside. Oh, it's tunneling. It's tunneling. tunneling. There you go. Mine's tunneling right now. I've uh, never had one do this, okay. so it's interesting. You should relight the outside. So relight? You know. Okay. That's what I would do. Yeah, because most of your flavor, 70% of the flavor comes from the wrapper, yeah. according to the people that are smarter than me. 70, exactly? 69.735. Yeah, it <laughs> Gonna go up or down? In fact, I saw I saw a video, and this is this could be interesting, um, where someone took a cigar and had a guy smoke like a little bit of it, say what it tasted like, and then real carefully they like dipped it in water and peeled the wrapper off and put a different wrapper on the same cigar and dried it out enough that he could smoke it. And the guy's like, "Wow, this is unbelievable! Huh. How different the cigar huh. is with a different wrapper on it." That would be a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could do it. The guy that was doing it, I'm like, how can you do that without tearing the wrapper? I mean, 
my wrapper's torn on this one a little bit, but, look, but just look how fine that wrapper is. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine dampening it and trying to peel it off? Gotta have some skill. Yeah. You'd probably have to be some good tobacco roller or something like that. <laughs> so, um... I, 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 I don't know where to go here. I, I um... Yeah, what, the wall is the thing to do, not not the tariffs. And hey, let's talk. Want to talk about something fun? Sure. Let's talk about Creepy Joe. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Let's. <laughs> let's. We get a few minutes left. Let's talk about Creepy Joe Biden. Oh, Creepy Joe Biden. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I I I did I did like the little meme that Trump did post. It was entertaining. It was uh, cute. So tell anybody, us about that because I haven't seen it. It was. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't. It, it was just Joe Biden talking on a couch. And it was actually Joe Biden, but then whoever made the meme up kind of had like, you know, a, a figure come in from the side, like, you know, like a lurker type yeah. thing, and then he would disappear, and Joe just kept, you know, talking, and then he would come up someplace else, and then the final shot was him, and he came up right behind the couch and put his hands over <laughs> Joe Biden, so it was Joe Biden putting his hands on Joe Biden oh, and doing that weird... Uh, Smelling uh, his hair? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and it was it was hilarious. Oh, man. But I guess Trump is just catching catching heck from uh, the media now for putting that out and tweeting it and and uh yeah i haven't i haven't re- read any of the uh comments on it but what's, i should well, i should no you go doug well i just wanted to say what what's what's the principle people like people aren't talking about what a principle should be like what are they're just oh joe biden's okay or joe biden's an animal it's like there's it's like okay let's not worry about what joe biden is yeah How, what how should people behave? Right, right. You know? And, and the fact... And I'm wondering why these women have all of a sudden brought it up. You know? There's got to be a timeline here. And who's bringing it up? And I don't think, guys, it's Trump. No. No. I don't that's think it's Trump. I think it, that's the beauty. So, I think you're eating yourselves alive. Yes. I think it's the Bernie people, honestly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm hearing, is huh? that it's it's the Bernie people. And, you know, they're, they're the social justice warriors. They're the ones that are going to be doing it. And... That's the the beauty of the whole thing is that one, I don't I don't think that Biden has a <coughs> snowball's chance in hell against Trump. Yeah, I don't think Bernie has a snowball's chance in hell against Trump either. But it's fun to just watch them destroy themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 the right stands and just watches. Right, <laughs> and it, right, and shares the memes. <laughs> but it's it's just reminding me. It's bringing back the whole Kavanaugh thing. You know when all the, and, is, and, yeah. and how the left just went nuts <clears throat> yeah. on it, and you're not hearing much. Yeah, a little bit, but not much. Not as bad as as that. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it'll you know, be fun. On you know, on one hand, there are people. I mean, I don't know. So let me think. Is there? I don't know that there's a lady at church that I would feel comfortable putting my hands on her shoulder and smelling her hair. Right. That, that, I'm right. not sure. That would be right for me to do with anybody. Yeah. Um, there are some people I'm close to that that aren't family. Okay, let me clarify. Aren't family that I probably could put my arm around on their shoulder, comfort them, say some things to them, and be perfectly fine with that. But some people wouldn't like that. Yeah. And I think on some level, you just have to be prudent. And I'm not. I don't know that I believe he's a creeper. I think he might legitimately just be an old guy that's trying to be grandpa and comfort young girls. Maybe I, I don't know. Be. I can't make the. I don't know his. It motives. could be that generation, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it's stupid for people in the media to say, "Oh, I know his motives." He's no. Nobody knows his motives. Yeah, we can only kind of guess. Um, he could be a 
creeper pervert, but <laughs> but you know at at some at some level when you get old and some some girls twenty five and you're like hey you'll you'll be you'll be fine pat no, I'm smelling the hair seems a little weird but patting on the shoulders hey you you got this do it you know it, yeah you know it, it almost seems okay but it's and I'm not sure that you can set a standard for everyone because I think the standard there's like I said there's some people I could put some ladies I could put my arm around and say hey this is going to be all right yeah and others I wouldn't yeah. because not not even because I think the woman wouldn't like it but because I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, the right. situation too. If you're at a funeral, <clears throat> that's different. You know, sure. Joe. If you yeah. died, just so yeah. you know, yeah. I'm gonna hug your wife and right. say I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah. But yeah. in regular, no, I'm not gonna do that. That's that's Joe's property. <laughs> yeah. It's and it's you know, I don't know. I mean, I I obviously can't see his heart either. But right. some of the videos that I've seen, I think are blatantly inappropriate. Yes. Like the things that I've seen him do it, and. Makes you squirm a little. It does, and you look yeah. at the people that he's touching, and you're like, "Oh, that's that's not right. Yeah. That is not right." Yeah. Well, and, and it's go ahead. Well, it's just it's just yeah, like you said earlier, like what is appropriate behavior and what is not appropriate behavior, and I think that there's grounds to say he's acted inappropriately for sure. Yeah, I I I would say that too, and I and I would probably fault on the line of maybe his motive wasn't impure. But he still he should have been yeah he should have been better he should have known better yep yep I don't I don't know we're in a you know I I came from the youth ministry culture where you had to be careful mm. like it was almost like you, you know you you never touch a kid you can only you know if you do have to hug a kid you have to hug him a special way Side and hug. yeah and I mm-hmm. and I was like and I actually fought back against that sometimes it's like man if a kid's parent dies and they need a hug you, yeah. Use good judgment, and I'll back you. As yeah. as the director of the organization, I said, use sound judgment, yeah. and I will back you. Right. You know, if you're a 20-year-old college student, and you're hugging a 19-year-old girl, and there's n- no good reason for it, I'm going to hammer you, and you're probably not going to volunteer for me yeah. anymore. Yeah. But I'll back you if it's if it's legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. Because touch matters. It does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> so... <laughs> We are definitely poised to see some fireworks, though, between now and oh, yeah. 2020. Oh, wow. oh yeah. yeah. I think it's, we're going to... Oh, man, this year is going to be... A lot of popcorn. A lot <laughs> yeah, of popcorn. Yeah, make some popcorn. <laughs> Sit back and watch the show. It'll be good. Oh, well, be good. So. so here's what we're supposed to taste, Joe, which I'm disagreeing completely, but it says expect cocoa, cinnamon, and dried fruits. Hmm. If I try, I can taste it, but it's not what would jump out. That doesn't sound like a steak to me. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had steak in any of the official notes for these cigars. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I got dried fruit. Maybe some cinnamon. I could see some of the spicy cinnamon possibly on a like in a savory steak setting, but I'm like, I, so I'm gonna disagree. And but I'm gonna say this is, was an interesting savory cigar. Yeah. Definitely I, good. I like the mouthfeel, the oil. Um, the uh, the purge got interesting after the middle. I think that I think that a different um, a different size or shape might have affected this smoke mm-hmm. a lot. I feel like it went kind of quick because it was shorter. Yeah, and that's not that's not a negative against the cigar. I think if it, if I just had the preference, I might choose a different uh, shape. But oh man, 
Yeah, I think I would like a Corona, a little, little less filler, mm -hmm. just to see what that wrapper is going to do. Yeah. But, um, but, but that's... I think the thing that impressed me the most was the distinct taste, though. Something, yeah. It's some, not something that we've tasted before. Or it is what I've tasted, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. So uh, <laughs> we got a little... I'm going to finish a little more of mine, but uh, we're, we're at the end, so we're going to remind you that that was the Oya de Monterey Epicure Number no. 2, which is a little bit hard to find. I think you might be able to buy them online in the United States, but they're hard to find. If you can't, go to Rome and pick them up there like Bingo. Mark did. <laughs> yeah. Fincado. Yeah. That's the name of the store. Fincado. <laughs> Wonderful right. people. Uh, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to them. Yep. Yep. Um, appreciate uh, you listening to Doug and Joe Talk. That's a wrap. Talk to you next time.